Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories, taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. This is a story that happened to me one evening about 15 years ago, but it's a scene that I'll never forget. For context, I'm a woman, I was 16 years old at the time, I lived in one of the larger cities in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I had just gotten my driver's license. Such as any teen with a newfound sense of freedom, I wanted to live it up. My parents were trusting of me as a human, and allowed me to drive the family car. While my original plan was to go and pick up a girlfriend of mine, that plan rather abruptly changed. I was driving on the freeway, trying to cover the ten or so miles in between my house and my friend's house. I'm in the far left lane, enjoying whatever was on the radio, and just living my best life. When I notice a car emerge from one lane over to get behind me. There were many other cars on the road, but it wasn't jam-packed by any means. What stood out more was that this car got over from a lane that was free and clear, and they could have easily passed me if they chose to. But rather, they got over and proceeded to ride my bumper for a while. I couldn't really tell the make of the car, let alone anything about the driver, due to it being nighttime and the blaring headlights in my rearview mirror. But I felt a few things. One, no one should be riding on anyone's tail like this. And two, this one I regret. No way I'm getting over to let this person pass when they had every chance to do so from their original lane. So I make the decision to tap on my brakes, you know, as a slightly defiant way of sending the message to back off. So as I dip from 70 to 63 for just a moment, they do the same and begin to drift back a few car lengths. I thought the message had been received until they came roaring right back up on my backside, even closer than they were before. When I hit the brakes, I didn't even consider the fact that I'd be inviting a response back. I guess that was just immaturity at that point, and I wished to separate myself from that act now. Realizing defeat, I move over a lane to let them pass. But they don't. Instead, they get over as I do. I think that maybe that's just a coincidence. Maybe they were going to get over first, and I beat them to it. So I get over another lane to my right. And of course... They do the same. Now my mind is going a mile a minute. They've gotten over each time that I did, and stayed right on me each time as well. At this point, I'm a little freaked that I might be getting followed now. At this moment, all I want is to grab my phone, call my friend, or my parents, or somebody. But I'm hesitant, because I don't know if I can trust myself to speak on the phone, continue driving, and be panicked at the same time as a new driver. So instead I keep both hands on the wheel and alternate my eyes from the night highway to my rear view every few seconds to stay as aware of what is happening as possible. After a few miles, me still freaking out, the car still in my rear view, I make another decision. I'm going to get off at the next exit and either drive to a gas station or grocery store or something public, or I could attempt to lose them if they follow me once more. The next exit is about half a mile away. I think I have a pretty good idea of where I am in my city, 
quarter of a mile away now. I'll find myself somewhere well lit, run inside, and call my parents. 500 feet. Without using a blinker, I merge over one more lane and head for the exit. I'm so focused on this move that I don't look in my mirror again until I'm nearly to the end of the off-ramp. My hope that there would be no one there was quickly dashed when I see a familiar set of lights still right on my bumper. What's more, this exit actually puts me off on a road that's pretty much on the opposite side of town from where I thought I would be. Rather than shopping complexes and intersections with four gas stations to choose from, it's all residential. Dark stretches of blocks with maybe a porch light or two, but no real place for me to seek out the safety of others. With this car behind me still, I decide plan B is what's happening. I'm going to try to lose them in a maze of residential streets. A series of quick turns will set me free. So I begin to indiscriminately take quick lefts and rights, dissecting neighborhoods, only loosely following the laws of stop signs. But to my shock, this car follows me step by step. All this amps up my own fear. My adrenaline helps me to think clearly now. I decide that I'll call 911 and let them know that I'm being followed and I don't know what to do. Still neighborhood driving, I'm able to get dispatch on the line. The operator calmly tells me to head to the police substation that's only about a mile away. She'll have officers meet me in the parking lot as she gives me the address. Now, this was 2007. I was lucky enough to have a smartphone, but mapping apps weren't what they are today and that part is important for what happens next. I feed the address of the police station into my phone, and it quickly routes me. It's another series of turns to get out of this neighborhood before hitting the main road again. My follower is still in pursuit. As I follow the directions on my screen, it becomes apparent that my phone is leading me through a new development of houses. Everything looks as if it's being constructed. Houses, driveways, and unfortunately even the road. I come to an intersection that looks as if it's meant to connect to another street, one I'm being directed to turn onto. But there's a chain fence in place that simply reads, Detour. At this point, I feel a rush of emotion. I don't know what else to do. It feels like I hit a brick wall, and my options are quickly dwindling. But I'm still fired up on adrenaline. So as my car stops, and the follower's car creeps to the same. I fling my door open, pop out of the car, and in full exclamation, I yell, what do you want? I've called the cops, and they're already on the way. Don't f*** with me, man. Not sure what possessed me to do this, but the idea of going on the offensive sounded way better than just waiting for whatever was going to happen. The car sat idling behind me, its headlights beaming bright, when the driver cuts the lights off. I can still tell they're looking right at me, but it's much closer to pitch black now. A chill shoots up my spine as I try my hardest to conceal it. They then shift their car into reverse, back down the street at a crawl, before starting a three-point turn. At the point where the car is perpendicular across the road, with the passenger side door facing me, the window rolls down. A low, gravelly, disembodied voice from inside the car says, Your taillight is out. You should get that looked at. They complete the turn away from where I'm standing, continuing to inch down the road, 
finally turning their lights on before making a right turn off the block that we were on. The rush of emotion, adrenaline, whatever else was coursing through me at that point, began to flood for me in the form of tears. I got back into the car, composed myself, and made my way to the police station. I explained what had happened to them, although in my fear state, I hadn't gathered many details of my pursuer. The make and model of the car escaped me. I never got a good look at their face. So obviously, there wasn't much the police could do for me. This is something that sticks with me to this day. They didn't follow me from the highway through miles of city streets, hot on my tail just to say that I had a light out. What did they really want that night? And more importantly, what made them turn around when they finally caught up with me? I guess some questions just won't ever have answers. Just a little background for this story. I'm a female in my 40s. I'm single and currently not looking for anything. The day of this occurrence, I had gone out to lunch with a group of friends. This group included a male, age 30. We'll call him Jay. This is obviously important for later. After getting home from the lunch, I had taken a long walk around my neighborhood. By the time I got back home, it was getting to be pretty late, maybe around 8-ish. I then made what now was an awful decision to go to my local grocery store because I didn't have anything for myself or my cat to eat. I made the short drive to the store and began my shopping. For some extra details, the store was a Kroger's. It was pretty large in size, so you could go to the other side of the store and most likely not see someone from the first side again. After getting a few items, I headed over to the produce it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Priceline. Because of the time, the store was pretty much empty. So when a man walked out from behind a shelf, it took me by surprise. This man was around six foot to my five six. He had unkept stubble and messy, short black hair. Looking back on it now, he looked like he was high on something. He quickly approached me and began a conversation. Stupidly, wanting to seem friendly, I answered many of his smaller questions. After just making small talk about food and such, I tried to end the conversation because I was totally uncomfortable and needed to continue my shopping. Before being able to walk away and say a goodbye, he lowered his voice and said something along the lines of, You're pretty. Let's go out for drinks tonight. This took me by complete surprise, yet I was able to quickly retort with a, I have a boyfriend following that up with, I have to go. Have a nice night. However, I couldn't even leave before he blocked my path out of the aisle with his cart and kept trying to talk me into drinks. What's wrong with having two men? It's just one drink. At this point, I was both annoyed and uncomfortable. I was about to tell him to move when out of the corner of my eye, 
I see Jay walking towards me. I was rushed with a sense of relief, and the creep must have been scared away because he turned and speed walked off. Jay. Hey, I didn't know you were going to be late night shopping like me. Me. Yeah, I had to get some dinner items. Listen, Jay, that man over there was making some real creepy conversation with me, and he's watching us. While talking to Jay, I had noticed the man looking at us from across the aisles now. Jay subtly looked over while I was explaining what the man had said. Jay then offered to shop with me, to which I accepted. As mentioned earlier, if you were to go to the other side of the store, you would end up losing previously seen people. That is, if they aren't following you. So when me and Jay saw this man almost hiding behind some pop-ups in the dairy aisle, I started to get a real bad feeling again. Jay noticed him following us as well, and told me to ignore it as we finished getting our stuff. After getting all our items, and seeing him a few more times, we went to the self-checkout line and purchased all of our things. However, before we could walk out, he was there, walking around the exit, not leaving or looking for anything, but almost guarding it. We made eye contact, and he gave me an absolutely menacing grin. I told Jay about what he was doing, and he suggested that we wait a little while, away from the exit, and see if he leaves. That's exactly what we did, spending around 40 minutes talking. Thankfully, the creep left out the exit. Jay then offered to walk me to my car, and I accepted. As we were bringing our things to my car, in the now basically empty parking lot, there was a car in the spot right next to mine. We stopped dead in our tracks, because I believed that that was that man's car, now waiting for me. If that was his car, the man must have seen that I was still with Jay, because the car turned on and left the lot. I got home safe that night, and I genuinely believe that Jay may have just saved me that evening. From what? I'm not so sure. But I'm so very grateful for that coincidence in our timing. So to the creep at Kroger who stalked me, potentially waited for me in the parking lot, and maybe worse if not for Jay, I can only hope that we never meet again. I have a pretty stable job, and a very good one at that, but sometimes you just need extra money, right? I'm currently moving into a newer, bigger, and nicer apartment, so I've been putting down payments and using money to move. By no means am I broke, but it's nice to earn some extra cash. I thought of selling some clothes that I never wear. I've already donated a lot of older clothes to the Salvation Army, but for the clothes I never wore and that are worth some good cash, I decided to sell over Craigslist and the Let Go app. Let Go has never failed me. Craigslist? Well, I've never tried it before, but my friends have had some great experiences. I was trying to sell a very cute, short-sleeve, black-and-white flower dress for 12 bucks. I put my number down so I could just talk to people directly, since I don't use my email very often. Side note. I posted a picture of me in the dress that my friend took, not showing face and with a blank white wall background behind me. I got a text a couple of hours after I posted the dress. Here's how the conversation went. Stranger. Hey, I saw your dress on sale. Is it still available? 
me. Yeah, it is. Stranger. It's kind of hard to see the dress in the picture you posted. Do you have any more pictures of you in the dress? I sent a picture of the dress on a hanger. One picture close up for detail. One to see the full dress. Stranger. I asked for pictures with it on. I'll just look at the ad tomorrow. I never responded back. It was pretty alarming to have someone talk to me like that. Why would someone want to see the dress on? I mean, I guess I understand. But really? Two days later, I got a weird phone call at 7 a.m. By the way, this was my day off, and I usually keep my ringer on because I'm always on call. To see that it wasn't work, and an unknown caller, I was pretty pissed. So I just let it ring. They call me again right after. I sighed, cleared my throat, and answer. Hello? A raspy, gargled man's voice answered back to me. Hello? Are you the one selling the dress? Yeah, I am. I'm calling for my wife. I have some questions. In my head, I'm like, why? But I go with it. My name is Mark. And yours? I give him my name, but he fails many times and almost made me think, dude, am I being prank called? It was pretty frustrating because I told him and spelled my name about 20 times. We get over introductions, and he gets into the questioning. Is this a thick dress? Yeah, it is. Can this be worn as a fancy dinner dress? Mm, it can be. You can dress it casual or dressed up. Hmm. How tall are you? I'm about 5'3". Okay, so my wife's pretty short, around your height. Do you wear a bra with the dress? Um... She can wear it with or without. Mark continues to push if I've ever worn a bra with the dress. About this point, I get short with my answers. Where are you right now? I feel like I've woken you up. I decided to lie to cover myself. Yeah, I'm at a friend's currently. A girlfriend's? No, just a friend. I'm just not home, okay? But did you sleep in the same bed as her? Uh, can we move on? Like I said, I'm not home right now. His phone cut out, but he calls back a minute later. Sorry, my phone died. So anyway, what size cup are you? Excuse me? I don't feel comfortable answering this. A B or a C? Uh, dude, I'm not answering this. You look big-breasted, very gifted. My wife has an ass. Do you? Uh, I don't want to answer this. You're making me uncomfortable, so I'm going to hang up. But does the dress ride up your back? When you walk, does it show your ass? I hung up. He decided to call me over and over. And it's not like I can block his number because it was unknown. By the 15th call, I answered to tell him off. Listen, I don't feel like... You know, I know where you live. I want that dress. I hung up and cried. I didn't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I would understand if a guy wants a dress for his own pleasure, sexual or not, but at least tell me and not act like his wife needs one. Does he even have a wife? 
Why couldn't she call me herself? I don't know, and I still have so many questions. I'm legit scared, and this number won't stop calling me. I even got an email that's not related to this from a guy named Mr. Anonymous, asking if I had old smelly flats. Is this normal for Craigslist? Is this what I should have expected? Did I really just open myself up to all these weirdos? I think I'll be sticking with let go from here on out.